Hello and welcome into another episode of the Main Street Preps podcast. We've got a special treat for you today. It's part two of the road to Cookville. We kicked it off a couple weeks ago with a playoff preview and I'm back today, Russell Venosi with Zach Womble to discuss the Blue Cross Bowls. Zach, how you doing today? I'm doing very good, Russell. Doing very good. I'm actually uh, bundled up. It's it's snowing outside right now. I think first snow of the season. So it is. It's the we're recording this on the last day of November, uh, December, right around the corner, and here we have some snow in Middle Tennessee. Believe it or not, hopefully this week we will not see that during the football games. I do not want to freeze out there. Yeah, you know what? We've gotten pretty lucky with our weather this this year, as far as just like on Friday nights, especially during the playoffs. Right? I mean, last last couple weeks in particular. You know, just wearing just a hoodie out there felt fine. Oh, yeah. And compared to 2019 and some other years, we will take that 100%. Anyway, Zach, it's a big week for high school football in Tennessee. As you know, we have the Blue Cross Bowls. Nine state championships are going to be handed out at Tennessee Tech's Tucker Stadium, as they are every year, despite uh, COVID-19 and all the craziness that has befallen us here in 2020. Uh, Just a little bit of information, though, to start to kick things off here. Tickets are $12, and they can be purchased through the GoFan app but you need to make sure you do that ahead of time because space is limited. They're only going to allow 6,000 spectators into the stadium for each game. That's about one-third of capacity, and the stadium is going to be cleared after every game, which is a little different than in years past. You've been able to just buy one ticket and kind of camp out all day. Obviously, with the pandemic going on, things are different, so be mindful of that. And then just to run down the schedule here, Zach, before we get going, Thursday, we you kick it off with the Division II championship games. First up is Lipscomb Academy CPA in the AA matchup. And then there's USJ versus Davidson Academy in single A. Macaulay versus Memphis University School to, in the nightcap for AAA. And then on Friday morning, it'll be Alco versus Milan, followed by South Pittsburgh versus Fayetteville. Then Oak Ridge versus Summit in the nightcap, Class 5A. And to wrap everything up on Saturday, it's Elizabethton versus Haywood, Meigs County versus Peabody, and Oakland versus Brentwood in that marquee Class 6A game. And you can catch all of these games locally in Nashville on WUPX MyTV30. They will also be streamed through the NFHS network for out-of-town viewers. And you can, of course, follow us at Main Street Preps on Twitter for updates throughout the weekend. And full coverage will also be posted on our website, MainStreetPreps.com. Zach, I'm out of breath here. Say something. <laughs> <laughs> that was, yeah, you're right. That was, that was a lot for you to say. But excited that we are here. We've talked about this uh, many times, the fact that we didn't know back in July that we'd even get through one, two weeks. Here we are going into Cookville. Uh, just so grateful to, to get to this point. It gives me hope as we move forward through the winter months that maybe we can find a way to continue to get through this. And uh, just, you know, shout out to the Cookville community for stepping up during this time to help out. Obviously, volunteers are such a huge part of making sure this event runs smoothly, and we couldn't do that without those guys. So so thanks to the city of Cookville, and just super excited to be here this week. Yeah, and speaking of the city of Cookville and that area, I mean, Putnam County was also hammered by the March tornado. So it's been an incredibly difficult time for everybody there. So it is nice to have these. Uh, I know this is an event everybody looks forward to every year. So nice to have that still going on despite all the trouble. And so, Zach, we are here to talk about it today. And let's start off kind of like we did in the last podcast. We like to talk about the teams, but we also like to single out some of these some of these players that deserve recognition. So who is a player or players to watch this week in the Blue Cross Bulls? There's so many good ones out there, Russell. There really is. I was just going through all the games and looking at the teams, and they've all got serious, serious playmakers on, on every roster. But if I'm if I'm looking at our area teams and I'm and I'm trying to pick and choose. Uh, I'm going to go with a kid at Elipscomb Academy, Alex Broom, Mr. Football finalist for a reason. He's 
he's got plenty of uh, Division One offers on his list, and I'm sure he's going to collect that many, many more as he moves forward throughout his high school career. But uh, he's a kid that, you know, he showed in the first game between those two with a kickoff return, he can get into the end zone. He's a dynamic player. And I think he will be a very important piece for Lipscomb Academy to get going if they have any reservations of bringing home that gold football. And then the other guy, because, you know, I can't just pick one. I think I, you got to look at Class 5A. Destin Wade has marveled all year long, especially these playoffs last week again at Henry County. And I just think that he and that team are on a course for, for getting that gold football and bringing it back to Summit High School. So, so those are my two guys that I would choose as, as my players to look out for. Well, sticking with that Division II AA State Championship game, which I think has the chance to be possibly the game of the weekend. You mentioned Alex Broom from Lipscomb Academy. On the other side, you've got Langston Patterson, a junior at CPA. He's a running back and linebacker. Uh, brother, younger brother of Kane Patterson, who's now at Clemson, who helped CPA win this state championship two years ago. This kid can play just like his brother. Uh, he's got 542 yards and 10 touchdowns on 67 carries. Pretty limited work in the backfield, but when they've used him, he's been really good. On defense is where he, he really shines. 70 total tackles, 18 tackles for loss. CPA has the luxury of having a couple other guys that can run the ball and Tyler Reed and Will Hayes. But when they have been in their biggest games, they've leaned on Patterson. Ravenwood, Lipscomb Academy, good pasture in the semifinals last week. They've given Patterson a lot of touches in those games. And so I think that's somebody they're probably going to lean on again against Lipscomb Academy. He had rushing success against them in the first meeting in the regular season. Uh, he's up for Mr. Football and D2AA. He's got numerous offers from Power 5 schools. That's probably a list that's only going to grow unless he makes his commitment soon. So that's a, that's a guy I've got my eye on. My runner-up, you kind of gave a runner-up there with Destin Wade, is Brentwood quarterback Kate Granzo. He's thrown for over 2,000 2, passing yards on the season, 14 total touchdowns just in the playoffs. And he's really only played three playoff games because he uh, came out very early in, in round one, um, injured against Cane Ridge. This guy has I mean, he's just, he's done everything for Brentwood and he is their leader. He has routinely found ways to win, including a, a play that ended up on Sports Center top 10 a couple weeks ago with the, the desperation flip to Luke Fontesha in the corner of the end zone. So that's another guy I've got my eye on. He didn't play so well in the first round or the first meeting they had with Oakland uh, when Brentwood lost 37 to zero. And we're going to talk about that a little bit later on in the show, but I'm sure he's, he's hungry for a turnaround game. And so I'm, I'm looking to see how he fares this week. Two solid, two solid options. And now that we've talked about some players, let's get into these area games. There are four games that we want to highlight specifically. We're going to touch on all of them, Zach, but these four games involve teams that are in our primary coverage area, so we want to spend the most time talking about them. First up is, let's just stick with what we've been talking about here, D2AA Lipscomb Academy versus CPA, the number three, number five teams in our Main Street Preps poll. Zach? What do, you, what do you think about this matchup? Well, it's a repeat um, of, of a game that we've already seen back on October 23rd, a game that, that CPA lost, and it was their only loss of the year. And, and you got to think that the teams that, that meet in the second time, the team that lost, fares well the, the next time, fares better the next time. And I think this could be the case. You know, CPA is just a good team. I know you've seen them a whole lot more than I do, or more than I have, excuse me, but uh, that doesn't change the fact that, that, that um, people who don't see them know exactly how good they are. I mean, Ingle Martin, just year in and year out, gets the job done. I mean, you mentioned his state title a few years ago. Lipscomb Academy is going to have their hands full, I think. You know, Trent Dill for the first time in this situation, leading uh, a team to try to their, to their state championship. And I think that maybe the experience of Ingle Martin and the experience of CPA could could come out on top. But I think you alluded to it a little bit earlier. This this has a chance to be the game of the weekend. 
I mean, these two teams really are uh, play, played well already once and, and are just obviously the two best teams in that classification. And I just think that uh, we're going to be in for a real treat if you decide to tune into that game. Yeah, you just mentioned it. I think this is something that you might be able to uniquely say about this game is that without a doubt, these are the two best teams in this classification. Now, I know it's a smaller classification, um, so it's easier to have that happen. But in so many of these other brackets, especially the public school brackets, you've got it's so uh, it's so much based on geography. Like Oakland and Maryville might be the top two teams in 6A, but we that matchup was not possible uh, just with the way the schedule set up to be a Blue Cross Bowl. But I think without a doubt, these are the two best teams here in this classification. They played a really tight game, like you said, in the regular season. But Trent Dilfer, he has turned this program around probably about as quickly as anybody could have hoped for over at Lipscomb Academy. When he was hired in January 2019, I was at, I was at his press conference, and you know he came in there and basically said, I think Lipscomb Academy can be really, really good and compete with all these top private schools in Nashville, and he's doing that already in year two. The Mustangs were 3-19 and 19 before he got there, the, the two previous years before he got there, and this has been a complete turnaround. Their only losses this year are to Brentwood Academy and JP2, the first two weeks against AAA schools. No, no shame in that. And Lipscomb Academy managed to knock off CPA by six points, like we talked about. Uh, that was a game that they were not even really in last year. And so, I don't know, something, something about Lipscomb Academy, it's very difficult to pick against CPA. It's just not a smart thing to do. They don't lose many games. I think I'm going Lipscomb Academy in this game. They, like you said, with Alex Broom, they've got Luther Richardson at quarterback, just an offense that can put up a lot of points. And I think there's something to be said. I, I think that that win over CPA that they had in the regular season, I don't think that was a fluke. That was a hard-earned win. I mean, CPA is loaded with talent, too. A lot of those guys are juniors. Langston Patterson is one of them. They also have Cade Law at quarterback. Reed Williford, their leading receiver, all juniors. So they're set up for a lot of success. Um, and if they can win this year, I think that's a year ahead of schedule for them, too. They'd kind of sped up that time on last year when they uh, really started one in five, one in six, and then yeah, they managed to start the last year. Game, which is just unbelievable. That was already a year ahead of schedule. So they're still a year ahead of schedule. So if they were to win this year, that'd be great because I think they'll be riding it next year as well. But I think if, if I had to flip a coin, I think I'm going Lipscomb Academy. It's, it sounds like you're going CPA though. Yeah, I, I like CPA. I mean, I, I, I'm just going to say that, that those guys will be ready and they want their revenge on, on Lipscomb Academy and they want to show that they're the best best team in double A and that the first game was a fluke and that they are the better team. So um, I, I am going to pick CPA in that game, but to segue into our next game, you mentioned something. You said that you think uh, CPA and both Lipscomb Academy year had a schedule next year. They could be favorites to, to repeat, but isn't Davidson Academy jumping up to class two a next year? Yes. I'm glad you said segues that Zach uh, Davidson Academy, of course, is playing university school of Jackson in this, D2 single-A final. We'll talk details of that game, but I'm glad you brought that up, Zach, because I wanted to talk about that. Davidson Academy is indeed moving up into that uh, middle region in D2 double-A with all the Nashville schools. Here's the list, Zach. BGA, CPA, FRA, Good Pasture, Lipscomb Academy, and Davidson Academy are all going to be in a league together. How's that? For a, for a national league. Hey, that's that's about as good as it gets right there, honestly. I mean, that's that's a gauntlet. Week in and week out, you have no breaks whatsoever. The unfortunate part for Davidson Academy, it really would have been better had they had the classification stuff maybe been happened this year instead of next year because they are a senior-heavy team. I think their three best players are seniors. We'll talk yeah. about that in a second. So they're also the second smallest school in Division II, AA. Their enrollment's gone up by about 50 kids over the last four years. And so that was just, just enough to get them into that next rung of classifications. So it's going to be tough sledding for them, especially with the guys they are losing. But hey, you know, they've proven to be the class of D2 single A for the last two years. And again, this year, and 
honestly, several times in the 2000s. So this will be a good challenge for them. And maybe they can attract some more students and more football players just with that higher level of competition. And, and uh, listen, another great coach in D2. D2 has so many good coaches, Russell. Jonathan Quinn at Davidson Academy doing a fantastic job over there. Uh, it'll be interesting, like you said, to see how they how they adjust to that to that double uh, A lifestyle. But it was to my understanding that it was Davidson Academy's idea. They wanted to do that. They pushed that idea. I don't know how true that is, but that's what I, that's what I've always been uh, under the assumption of, but Hey, listen, Jerry Vitato, uh, 2,400 passing yards this year, obviously Griffin Sweeney on the ground, those guys undefeated on the season looks like they are full steam ahead for a three P and just, you know, going to cap off their dominance in uh, single A football, but you know, USJ, they played them last year. I know they want to get them back. Uh, so it should be a good game, but it's a game that I like Davidson Academy to win. Yeah, you mentioned two of the three players I was going to highlight, the other being uh, senior linebacker and tight end Aiden Quinn, son of Coach Jonathan Quinn. He's been a star this year, too. He was, uh, I believe, in the running for Mr. Football, maybe maybe a semifinalist or at least maybe been on the ballot. 81 total tackles, 20.5 tackles for loss, Zach. I mean, fourth of this guy's game. tackles are in the backfield. It's just insane. That's that's um, that's affecting games right there. Back, tackles for loss are probably the biggest, and sacks obviously two biggest defensive stats. All good stats, though you can't go all wrong with it. All, all nice stats for yeah. defenders. But but Quinn, he he's getting it done as a tight end too. Has almost seven hundred yards and nine touchdowns as a tight end. You got to love that. And to go back to to Griffin uh, Sweeney as well. I mean, he's averaging twelve and a half yards a carry. I mean, he's got 1,600 rushing yards on 132 carries, which is just – 148 yards per game. And, and listen, Vitato can hit over the top. Kelvy Rice, 700 yards receiving, 35 receptions and eight touchdowns himself. So this could be a game where you see Davidson Academy put up 40-plus points. I think this has a chance to be a blowout. They've already beaten USJ 31-9 to this year. Um, now, USJ, it's a state championship game. Like you said, they beat them last year. They're going to be motivated, so that's probably a factor. But if these seniors are looking to have kind of a coming-out party in their last game in Division II single-A, I mean, it seems like that's set up to happen. We're both going Davidson Academy, and yeah. we'll just see how it turns out. But I think that's probably how it's going to go. Zach, unless you have anything else there, let's go ahead and move on to Class 5A, Oak Ridge and Summit. You mentioned Destin Wade earlier. Uh, you got to see these guys a couple of weeks ago. What did you see from Summit that impressed you against Beach? I was captivated, Russell. I really was. I was I was a fan in the moment of of what I was witnessing, what I was seeing. I mean, it was just it was so it was so well done. I mean, Destin Wade was magnificent magnificent. Brady Pierce, Caleb Jolly. Um, you know, he's got weapons on the outside. He's got a mean, big offensive line that protects him and 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 helps him get to those, I believe, almost seventeen hundred rushing yards or something. I mean, it's a lot, a lot of rushing yards. On the 14, season. 14, 14. So yeah, 1,414. Yeah, so uh, I guess I'm just uh, assuming he's going to get 300 in the state championship game. But, uh, no, listen, um, those guys were so fun to watch, and it just seems like beating a really good Henry County team on the road last week, um, they have been battle-tested. And, and I asked, had they been battle-tested leading into that beach game that I covered, and they proved that they could, they could win close games and then they go on the road to Henry County and, and win another one. And, I think Oak Ridge coming out of the east side of the bracket is a little bit of an upset. I think many thought maybe a Knox West or Knox Central would get it, get in the championship game. So um, all that's to say is I'm 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 riding with Summit. I'm riding with Destin Wade, and I think they bring it home and get revenge, or or I guess finish the job this year as opposed to to last season. I'll add two things onto that. 
Summit up until these last two weeks for me has been really difficult to gauge just because they, they hadn't played a whole lot of games. They had four games canceled in the regular season for opponents dropping out for COVID-19. So I, we actually had them quite a bit lower in the Main Street Preps poll than, um, than they are now. They're at number six now. They were in the teens for a while. Um, actually, I got some complaints about that. So good to know that people are reading. the. That's good. Yeah. Checking out the Main Street Preps poll. Shout out to everybody that's that's done that this year. But yeah, the reason they were ranked so low is just because they had not really played, like you said, hardly any challenges, challenging teams. And so for them to beat Beach and Henry County in back-to-back weeks tells me that this team is legitimate. Destin Wade, obviously he's shown all year that he's deserving of that Mr. Football Award. Interesting wrinkle too, Zach. Keaton Wade came back last week. He's basically missed the entire season with a foot injury, running back and linebacker. That's just as highly recruited as Destin Wade. They're probably going to be a package deal. Like whatever college gets these twins, their twin brothers is going to be, you know, two star players better than they were before they picked him up. Anyways, he recorded a sack last week. Didn't play any running back. Uh, they're probably trying to ease him in, but just the fact that he's able to play this championship game, I think is, is a boost for Summit's morale after not having one of their two studs all year. But like you said, I mean, Oak Ridge is not going to be a pushover. They knocked out Knoxville West and South Doyle these last couple of weeks. And that was after they had a loss to Knoxville West in the regular season. They also have wins over Powell and Mount Juliet, two other solid programs. So um, the Wildcats are not messing around. They've won seven state championships in their history, uh, the most recent in 1991. So it's been a while, but I'm sure their fans are thrilled to be making this trip to a state championship game. Absolutely. That defense, 24 sacks, 17 INTs on the season. They know how to have to get after they know how to get after a quarterback. And it'll be interesting to see if they can make Destin uncomfortable. Real quick on their playmakers, Mitchell Gibbons, Kendall Jackson, Jonathan Stewart, and Brendan Haywood. Mitchell Gibbons, the quarterback, nearly 2,000 passing yards, 21 touchdowns. Kendall Jackson, excuse me, over 1,000 rushing yards, 192 yards a game and 10 touchdowns. So, uh, and, and then Jonathan Stewart and Brandon Hayward are his receivers who both have, have over 40 catches this year. So it's going to be a tough game for Summit. I'm not sure what's more impressive, those stats or the fact that you were able to rattle off those stats from Oak Ridge, which is a team that we do not cover, obviously, in East Tennessee. And hey, so Zach's yeah. clearly done his homework. <laughs> Shouts out to Max Preps. Yeah, Max Preps, Digital Scout, Huddle. A lot of great tools out there for uh, high school sports information. But as far as picks go, Zach, I'm going Summit. I, I like them to get their first title in program history since opening the school in 2011. I, I'm assuming you agree with that? Yeah, I like Summit. All right, so we're in agreement on two games now. Let's move on to 6A. Oakland versus Brentwood. Obviously a marquee matchup here. Oakland 14-0, and Brentwood 11-3. and We've seen this game already. Oakland won the game, the regular season meeting that came together very, very quickly in the course of about – 48, 48 hours before the game is going to be played, and Oakland rolled in that game 37-0. I was there. Um, it was just an odd, odd night. Neither team was really prepared for the game, but Oakland just has so many playmakers that they were able to kind of run away with it. Zach, what are some of your initial thoughts on, on this matchup? I think we get a better game, A, than we did in the first game. I think that just like any of you, you could probably relate at, with an athlete and to mindset of thinking, man, we just got blew out at home. Uh, to the supposed best team. Now we get to play them again in the state championship. We're going to have a better show in this time. So I fully expect a better game. That said, bro, I mean, uh, Oakland has been the best team all year long. I mean, they, they've proven it week in and week out. I mean, they've got so many playmakers. I mean, we could go down the list. Jordan James, Antonio Patterson, Isaiah Horton, or just to name a few. But that defense has been, has been stellar this year, led by Theron Gaines has, uh, what is it, 70, 70 uh, solo tackles, 103 total tackles through 14 games, which is a monstrous number. So Oakland, they just look like they're a well-oiled machine and on a different level than anyone else, and I think that they're going to continue that and bring the goal home back to Murfreesboro. 
Well, Zach, I gave you some credit a minute ago for doing all that homework. Also need to get, give you credit here. If listeners go back about four episodes to our initial Road to Cookville podcast, you called this matchup, Oakland-Brentwood, in the championship game. You said that Brentwood would be the Williamson County team to survive the bottom half of the, of the bracket. We thought all along that it would be one of those three Williamson County teams, Brentwood, Ravenwood, or Independence, that would, that would probably get to this game. And you picked Brentwood. So here we are. Lo and behold, this is the matchup we get. Um, I think, like you said, it should be a better game this time around. When, when I talked to Coach Crawford after that meeting the first time, that you know they admitted they just they weren't ready. Like having a day and a half to prepare for Oakland just really wasn't enough time for them. So I do expect Cade Granza, like I said earlier, to to have a better game. And uh, you know this Brentwood team, whether they win or lose this game, I mean you've got to kind of tip your cap to them. It's been one heck of a ride for them to say the least. Just Honestly, over the last couple of years, on and off the field, they lost, very tragically, Lucas Davis, an offensive lineman two years ago, passed away, um, I believe it was either during the season or right at the end of the season. He would have been a senior this year, so obviously he was really close with all the uh, senior players this year. And then, of course, a couple of weeks ago, uh, Coach Ron Crawford lost his mom, uh, Pat Crawford, to COVID-19 and pneumonia. Um, so a lot of just unfortunate, tragic stuff off the field. And then on top of that, on the field, they've had their ups and downs over the last few years. They lost to Ravenwood. In the last two um, quarterfinals, I believe this year, eleven and three seems like they're kind of a team of destiny. Now, unfortunately, it seems like they're meeting potentially a better team of destiny in Oakland. But um, I mean, just what they've had to overcome in the playoffs to get to this point. They they beat Cane Ridge, a solid Metro Nashville team, despite being without thirty four quarantine players for COVID nineteen contact tracing tracing and two injured stars, Granzow and uh, John House, committed to Vanderbilt. Both of them were injured, and then they beat in the Dependence on that flip pass that made Sports Center, and then they beat rival Franklin, and then they went on the road to Memphis, 300 miles, and beat Bartlett. So it's been a gauntlet for them, but they've gotten through it, and so I think you got to give them credit for that. They've, they got Brentwood back in in a championship game for the first time since 2002. So really impressive season from the Bruins, regardless of what happens here. But I'm with you, Zach. I mean, Jordan James rushing for 1,500 yards coming over from Innsworth. They got Isaiah Horton on the outside. Or, Jordan James came from Brentwood Academy, excuse me. Isaiah Horton on the outside from Innsworth. Those are two big transfers that have made, kind of taken Oakland to the next level this year, I think. They haven't even really had any close games all season. Warren County and C.J. Taylor gave them a little bit of a run there in late October, and that's been it. They've won every game by a big margin, so I'm going Oakland as well. Now let's head over to some games that don't necessarily involve teams in our coverage area, but they are Blue Cross Bowls, and so we want to talk about them. Division Division II, AAA, Macaulay versus MUS. Zach, no Brentwood Academy. I'm a no little Brentwood surprised. Academy. Yeah, I'm very surprised. surprised. I mean, I think I think I think many of us are surprised, right? I mean, a, an unblemished uh, regular season, but maybe the writing was on the wall with them all along, and we just didn't see it with all those close games there at the end of the season. You know, they could have easily, very easily lost to JP two in the first round. So maybe maybe we were just blind to the writing on the wall. So credit MUS for coming out of that Middle West. Uh, bracket. I didn't think it was going to be them uh, middle of the season. You know, I, like I said, I thought it was going to be NBA, BA all, all along. But uh, credit the Owls for getting back to, to Cookville and Macaulay. I mean, just coming out of that East Central division is is so tough, so difficult. Knox, Knox Catholic, Ensworth, and and all those guys that you have to play week in and week out. So, um, you know, as far as picking a game, give me Macaulay. I mean, they were they're the they're defending champs, and I think they uh, they repeat. I'm going Macaulay as well. I mean, they, they were the ones that knocked off Brentwood Academy in the semis. So to knock off what we presumed is the favorite, I mean, that, I think that makes you the, the new favorite. Right. 
So now we'll just go down the list of the other games we have not talked about. First off, Class 1A, South Pittsburgh versus Fayetteville. Yeah, I think everyone assumes that South Pitt is going to bring home another title, 13-1 and on the season, and no game has been close uh, for them so far. And so I think everyone just assumes that they're the favorite, and they are the favorite, but Fayetteville, K.J. Jackson, nearly 1,400 yards rushing on the ground, 13 touchdowns, seven games of 100 yards or more. They're going to need K.J. Jackson early and often if they stand any chance in this game. I think even if he has a big day, I don't think it's going to be enough. Give me South Pittsburgh. I agree with you. I will say, though, Fayetteville, nice turnaround for them. They had an ineligible player kind of ruin their season last year. They um, believe had to forfeit about five region games, so there's no way they could make the playoffs. So a nice story there for them to to get to the title game. But South Pittsburgh is um, a team that has been here a lot. Uh, they actually haven't been to Cookville since 2013, which I was a little surprised. It seems like it was just yesterday they were – competing for titles year in, year out. They actually have not won since 2010. They do have five in school history. And their only loss this year was to Class 2A Mex County, who is, of course, in the Class 2A Blue Cross Bowl. Yeah, so I like I like South Pitt to, to take this one as well. And so moving on to 2A, Mex County versus Peabody. Zach? Yeah, I got, about I got to see this Mex County team up close and personal, and that offensive line stood out to me. Those guys were big. Uh, they were mean. They were physical. And they paved the way for Will Meadows and, and Logan Carroll, their quarterback-running back combo, who was able to, able to just get chunk play after chunk play on the Yellow Jackets of Trousdale County in the semifinals. Um, Trousdale County did make it a game, but Mexico County just a little bit too much rushing attack and, and just too little time for, for Trousdale County. But Peabody, 36 wins in a row, going for their three-peat. I mean, I think they're just on a different level. But Mexico County, you know, they obviously have gone through their difficulties this year in the bus crash earlier. Um, this year it's and you know they, they wear decals on their football helmets for that so could this be a team of destiny maybe I mean to, Peabody's got to lose at some point right could it be here in the state title game I've actually talked myself into the upset I'm going to go Megs County over Peabody wow okay upset alert <laughs> mark it down come back and tweet Zach Womble angrily if it doesn't happen right yeah exactly um, I do not have the confidence to do that, though I respect it. I'm going to stick with Peabody, uh, having won the last two championships, having won, like you said, as many games in a row as they have. So I, I'm going to stick with them until proven otherwise. And then in Class 3A, we have Alcoa versus Milan. Uh, we said in our last podcast it was pretty much Alcoa versus the field, and that's turned out to be true. They, they rolled right through the playoffs. Yeah. didn't even come close to losing any games. Um, they've won 18 championships, including the last five. I mean – can you make any case for Milan? Because I'm going Alcoa, and I'm just going to live with it. I guess the case that I would make would be uh, Mr. Football finalist Anthony Brown, 927 rushing yards, 300 receiving yards, and 250 passing yards, along with 13 touchdowns. He's clearly their offense. He's clearly their team. Uh, I haven't seen his stats against Pearl Cone last week. That They just weren't posted yet up until this point, but he's clearly a playmaker and a difference maker. I mean, I'm trying to make a case for Milan, but there's just there's not much of one. I mean, Alcoa is just in a different different class. I mean, it feels like they could compete in 6A. Honestly, they they really do. I mean, they play Maryville every year to a good game, so why couldn't they, you know, play every other team in Class 6A? So, um, give me Alcoa in a game that's probably not very close. I think a little bit of a case for Milan can be made that hey, they did beat Pearl Cone last week, something that nobody else has been able to do this season. Um, so there's that, and maybe they put up a little better fight this year than. Pearl Cone gave Alcoa last year, but outside of that, yeah, it's you got to stick with the Cyclones there. Or the Tornadoes, Tornadoes, Cyclones is Elizabethton. Got to get my 
East Tennessee weather related mascots correct. Well, it segues show. perfectly into our last game. It does. Yeah, right. Because we were just about to talk about Elizabethan versus Haywood. Tell me what you think about that one. Well, I was actually I was actually hoping to hear uh, hear what you had to say about Elizabethan. You saw them last week in their win over Nolensville. It didn't look particularly close. I know we had talked a little bit pregame and what you expected, but what did you see from them that, that made them look so good? Well, this yeah, this is my second time getting to see Elizabethan, even though they're four hours, four and a half hours away, almost not even a Tennessee team. Um, got to see them last year in the, the state championship versus Springfield, which they won 30 to six. But yeah, they've got two Mr. Football finalists in quarterback Bryson Rollins and Parky, Parker Hughes. And these guys are legit. They ran all over Nolensville. Nolensville didn't really have hardly a chance to catch their breath. They have combined this season for 56 total touchdowns between, between the two of them. So this is an offense. It's very, very difficult to stop. Um, they're looking to repeat as class 4A champs. I think they're going to get it done. So I, I'm going Elizabethton. Yeah, I'm going to take your word on that one. Um, they, again, I, I did know they, they won it last year. I remember them playing Springfield. Um, Springfield sidebar had two tough uh, championship opponents in them in Greenville. But anyways, um, Elizabeth Tent, just a very good team. I think, yeah, wins it over Haywood, who is a good team out of the west side of the bracket. But I just think that uh, the Cyclones are on a different level. So that's it. The picks are in. We're sticking with them. We'll see if they're right. We've been – we've had varying degrees of success this year with those. But, hey, Zach, I really appreciate you doing this today. I hope everybody enjoyed the conversation talking about the Blue Cross Bowls. And we're looking forward to seeing how everything shakes out over the next few days. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Appreciate you having me on. Excited to kind of put a bow on football season. Like I said, it's just a, a huge success that we're here. We're having this conversation at this point because we just didn't know um, just a few short amount of months ago. So – just excited to be here, excited to close out the season. And I know we're going to get some good games. And, yeah, I'll be, I'll be tuned in to, uh, would you say, Channel 30 or WUXP? Yep, my TV 30 Free, free shout-out for them, I guess. That's the only free shout-out we're giving today's episode. And that'll, that'll do it, Zach, unless you have anything else. Hopefully no more free shout-outs. Yeah, no, no more free shout-outs. Um, but, yeah, just like I said, excited. Excited to, to, to see these games. On that note, though, if you ever do want to sponsor a Main Street Preps podcast, you can go ahead and email either one of us at MainStreetMediaTN.com, and we'll be happy to help you with that. That's exactly so, right. Zach, thanks again. Had a good time today. Everybody, thanks for joining us today for the Main Street Preps Road to Cookville Part 2 podcast, and we will see you next time. See you.